0: A large size deal would be anywhere from 300, 450,000 to a largest customer would be around a million.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one, you'll get the full interviews. Hello, everyone. My
2: guest today is Swamiya Murthy. She is the Chief Customer Officer at Seven Lakes Technologies, but leads the go-to-market teams and bringing to market JOIN, a SaaS leader in modernizing oil fields. With a fluency in mission-critical systems and galvanizing change-resistant organizations, she served on CEO's top council for 20-plus years. Swamiya, you ready to take us to the top?
0: I'll absolutely, Maven. I'm glad, do
2: it. You're here. I'm glad you're here. All right. If folks want to follow yeah. along, it's J-O-Y-N.ai, join.ai. What does it mean for me to modernize an oil field?
0: Great question. So for, for fundamentally oil and gas industry has two parts. One, so super technologized that they're drilling in ways that are uh, that has changed the entire oil and gas industry and made us, the United States, more energy independent. A phenomenal story of entrepreneurialism that actually outbeats even technology industry, right? They they grew from zero to 70 to 80 billion in a matter of a few years. And it was a phenomenal story. Now, track it all the way down to uh, up to 2015. That's the evolution happened at the drill bit. But when you move past the drill bit, the market there was funded with a lot of private equity and a lot of funding uh, and financing went into it because one, it makes us energy independent, two, it gets um, uh, really there's the way for upstream oil and gas to move in. Now, what ended up happening is for all the places around production, human resources were being used. They were using grease sheets and paper to be able to drive mil- millions, if not billions, of oil production data from the place of where the oil is produced to the office space. So your entire inventory and production and everything else is run on grease sheets. And you've got this dichotomy is that of-
2: that a physical sheet that's printed off?
0: Yes, sir. In a wow. mason jar. In, wow. a, mason wow. jar. So in a mason jar.
2: Literally in a mason
0: jar. And and what's mind-boggling because I've spent four years boots on the ground with hard hat and in these uh, trucks with pumpers, and noticing this unbelievable technology that's happening right next to a mason jar, right. And so I'm giving you that picture because what now? Fast forward in the last five years, this industry has been punctuated by two, not one, oil oil, oil price. Yep. Madness, which by the way, also has inhibited our trajectory in a way. But here's the thing what's beautiful about this, if I may call it beautiful, is there is no other way now for the industry to grow um, without. So, what the market is now saying to the industry is hey, look, you can't just do production. Yep. You need to show me free cash flow. You need to be able to demonstrate operational efficiency, which means what you can't just when the uh, oil price goes down, just you know, um uh take out the human resources, you need to now figure out technologies that allow for your production to happen without needing, um, without needing to go to those wells that are um that aren't producing as much, right? So this, All is common- sop-
2: and- this is what your software exactly. is sort of. Talking. When did you launch? What, what year did the company launch?
0: But the company was doing services in 2009 all the way till 2015. We This is before the first oil price dip, and we raised $20 million in Series A. What was that? 2015. Okay. 2015. And I was brought on board uh, to be able to drive specifically marketing back then, Nathan, mm-hmm. uh, with the intention of uh, revenue growth uh, p- towards analytics. And the market shifted, and a whole new world opened up for me as well as Seven Lakes. Uh, and my role uh, over the years has shifted from marketing to owning all of sales and bringing in our uh, largest enterprise deals and also to own customer success and customer operations. So
2: in 2015, it was still a services business. What were you selling on a consulting basis?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, Analytics services, because uh, most of what... Uh, the uh, fundamental issue with the industry was there are all these siloed stovepiped ERP and legacy systems, none really talking to each other. And at the time, yeah, you had spot firing, but none that understood the complexity of uh, the industry. So we, our bread and butter has always been understanding the core structures of all of the systems, data structures of the systems underneath. In fact, our CEO uh, on his his passion is around data architecture, and you know he's he's a if I may call him a data geek. That's that's right. his core passion. Um, so, yeah. in, so that's in, where we start.
2: Give me a sense of how large this services beachhead was in 2015. Do you remember what sort of services revenue was?
0: Um, I know up until the point uh, the company had sold around hundred million dollars in services. So he had uh, a course of years, right? So I don't have an annual number, but uh, Shiva had already accomplished what many entrepreneurs would love to see and was doing it in a services business. And his intention at the time was, come on, let's productize so we can get out of the, you know, uh, services business and, and actually create products that then drive, as you know, better valuation.
2: Uh, so I mean, most, SaaS owners are shutting down a five million dollar agency to go full time into SAS. Shutting down a hundred million dollar revenue line to go into SAS is a whole nother story. Like that couldn't have been an easy decision.
0: Uh, I'm sure it wasn't. So, by the way, that was a total. But you're right, uh, Shiva. Shiva's choice to go and do this, and by the way, this is one of the reasons I love working with this guy. He's just phenomenal. Um, uh, he makes some of the most maverick, bold moves because, at the end of the day, what he cared most about and what he saw coming down the pike was services wasn't going to solve the industry's problem because here's a two, well, big thing that was not happening in the industry, Nathan. The industry stalwarts or incumbent uh, um, software companies, not innovating, taking an 18% plus support dollars, literally showing up with PowerPoint presentations that 12, 18 months later wasn't even productized. So he saw that and went, holy shit, I can do data all day long. But fundamentally, the data being captured, which is complex readings and the SCADA instrumentation, big data, none of these are being put into mobile applications. I mean, imagine it was, 2,0-freaking-15, yeah. and the industry still who, hadn't-
2: Who were some out. of those companies? Who was the biggest company? Um,
0: and, and they still are, P2, uh, Energy P2. Solutions, um, uh, Peloton is another player, Quorum is another player, and, and fundamentally, when we dug under the covers and start to do research, um, and I'm hesitant to throw a particular percentage, but let's just say we have uh, uh, 90 employees, 50 of them are engineers because we knew there was so much innovation we needed to do. And we're
2: that's today, driven. you have 90, and today, yeah, in today.
0: Mind. Whereas uh, when we spoke to folks on the other side, $300 million business P2, there were I, I I can't quote the exact number, but I know it was in the low 20 percentage points, 20 uh, percent point in terms of, again, I'm hesitant to quote a number because I don't sure, have a number. Yeah.
2: So tell me, so your software today, what are companies paying on average to use the technology, the SaaS tool?
0: They're about uh, uh, two, three buckets because of the size of the company. So uh, 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 a large size deal would be anywhere from 300, 450,000 to a largest customer would be around a million Um, a year. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and, uh, they, the, that, that directly connects to reduction in their downtime. Downtime means they're not producing oil and a significant cost reduction in the number of people needed. Uh, once we install our software, our customers claim themselves, not us, uh, each, uh, pumper reduces two hours of their day in their workload, two of the eight hours. And, and how many of these folks are your workmen today? How many customers? Um, we have about uh, 30 customers, and uh, today we show 25, but here's what's happening in the industry. Of those five, we've really actually lost two because three others have merged, and um, what we consider a loss, another big company will buy another company. So uh, we end up gaining in some other areas. Does that make sense? So That's our exactly. overall revenue has remained um, uh, flat in 2020.
2: Yep. Interesting. Uh, okay. And, and so if I take 30 customers, I'm sort of a $300,000, $400,000 average HD. I mean, what you guys are doing, I mean, you might be close to a million a month.
0: By the way, I've cut three hundred and four and then there are a couple of, uh uh there. then there's a 75K mark and a 150 mark. Usually people fall into one of these three buckets, yeah. So ha- have you guys broken the
2: million-dollar-a-month mark yet on the recurring SaaS business?
0: Uh, Not yet, not yet. So we, we are at 7 million ARR today. Do you, can you break, do you think you can break 10, 12 this year? Uh, this year is going to be, uh, we budgeted, no, so it won't be this year. And I'll explain a couple of reasons why last year when we remained flat this year, what we did last year, what we did was uh, sitting down with uh, Shiva. We said, you know what, we're going enterprise. And this is the part of the story I wanted to share up until last year, Nathan, we were doing, we went from services to enterprise not true SaaS. And what I mean by that is we were still falling in line with the way the customers were buying these long RFP processes, laborious, you know, uh, uh, pricing negotiations, all of these other aspects that are really not SaaS-based and doesn't allow you to grow in that trajectory, right? And also on the back end, our systems weren't allowing for single deployments, true um, ability to push out features at least in a monthly Um, uh, reason because we were being held back by, hey, our customers don't move. So last year, we made a tremendous shift internally. We took 68 months to, re again, re-gut ourselves. Another bold move from 2015 to go, oh man, we've got to go through SaaS. So three big things we changed. We completely upended our pricing. It was traditional P2, what our market does today. We said, you know what? forget that SAS pricing is going to be completely transparent. So if you go to join AI today, we peg it on two factors, one, the number of active wells and your actual uh, production, because just because you have a measure, measure by what? Uh, BOPD. So it's, it's uh, per day. Uh, it's uh, per day. So their production uh, barrel of oil, BOPD is what they call it. So barrel of oil per day. Product, BOPD. So that, uh, that basically what then it, it does is gives them the control to see and they're pay as you go, if you will, buy as you go, if you will, which is, I mean, it's a mind shift for them, right? Because they've never had that opportunity. Well, how many
2: active wells are you serving across 30 customers currently?
0: Um, uh, we don't look at the wells as much as we look at the customers because wells isn't. Um, so we have about 10,000, 12,000 plus users on our system. And uh, I would approximate um, um, ah, wells uh, somewhere closer to 80,000 80, wells, maybe. Uh, and I think I'm underestimating, Nathan, because we have ExxonMobil, ConocoPhillips. And, and by the way, ConocoPhillips just made their biggest basin go live, which, uh, by the way, all, the hottest place in oil and gas right now is Permian, Midland. It's where most uh, operations are. And then once we make that successful We'll get on of, all of ConocoPhillips Phillips on there, and um, why are
2: why are only thirty folks paying if you have ten thousand users? I feel like conversion rate should be higher than that.
0: Well, it's uh, not so un, it's not so evenly spread because ExxonMobil and ConocoPhillips Phillips have a giant amount of that, and there are few other customers like Pioneer Resources and others that uh, have uh, a little. Well, bit wait, more. what
2: is a user? Is it does ExxonMobil count as one of their ten thousand users?
0: No, no, no. So it's it's uh, they have I think. Twenty five hundred or two thousand now. So it's uh, so it's 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 the number of users within ExxonMobil. It's not so just
2: the people. The number of people yes. that have access yes. to join inside of yes. ExxonMobil.
0: Yes, yes.
2: I see. Okay, but a bunch of the okay, got it. So so if you so instead of the number of users, how many are that's across? So ten thousand users across thirty paying customers. Is that right? Yes. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Do you have a free option or no?
0: Do I have a free option? Do, although, free yes, options. we do. We do. And that's actually what we did last year is to say, God, we've got to get people into our product and not charge them and get them successful. And that's been a, a tremendous uh, <laughs> adventure. I'll call it yeah. an adventure in the last six months. And so we just launched it in January, Nathan, the uh, free option.
2: How, how do you actually, before I ask that, let me flush out your team. So 90, 50 engineers, how many folks carry a quota, sales reps?
0: So we've got, uh, fundamentally, it's been Shiva and myself who's been driving uh, the sales. And we we knew last year we said, we can't, we've got to bring somebody else on. We knew, but here's the thing. In the past, what we'd done was taken uh, uh, advice and brought on salespeople, but because we didn't have like the 98% customer retention rate and the referrals and all these other aspects, when you bring in enterprise salespeople, there's a certain expectation for us to be successful for them to even feel. So we weren't able to retain them and we didn't want to make that costly mistake again, right? So
2: what's the retention rate today on the base?
0: It it still is that. It still is. Yeah. It still is in the... High 90. So it's right now at 95 to 97. It's it I, I say that because I'm I haven't gotten the latest numbers from Is my team. Is that net retention or gross? Uh net retention. Net retention. Okay, got it. So that's adding back upsells. It's
2: about 100%. 95% net retention.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so um uh, so now what we did last year was brought on sales a uh, SaaS sales leadership. We just hired a sales director. He's two weeks in and drinking from a fire hose.
2: That's very cool. Let me ask you a question. You have a bit of signaling risk in the marketplace. You have to manage. What I mean by that is, you guys raised a big round, twenty million in twenty fifteen. Really, that was right when you were pivoting to SaaS, right? You you had one hundred million in services revenue the prior four years, but you haven't raised anything since then. That's usually a negative signal to the VC market, right? Once you're on the VC track, if you're not raising every eighteen months, people go something's wrong. How do you manage that risk?
0: Um, at the moment, a uh, great question, and I don't know that I have the perfect answer for you. At the moment, what we're on the hook to demonstrate, uh, what we know that we've been given a bit of leeway is punctuated by two all price crashes. So that, that explanation's there. So what we are doing, so to your question, last year we shifted and said, look, we're not just going to bring it to oil and gas, we're gonna develop something. and we, we were able to develop a component of join, which we call field services management, and successfully competed against Salesforce and Microsoft, which we is we'd never gone and played against horizontal players before. And we competed and beat them out in there. And, and it was a, a soft a click and Salesforce. And so that gave us a taste and also the ability to go back to the VC market and say, hey, we know successfully how to go into the horizontal space. Let us get our SaaS traction and make the free option work, and get oil and gas situated. And here is how we can add the extra and um, market because what we've built today can translate into a horizontal spaces where field services and field mobility is huge. So we've been—that's what we've been uh, telling the marketplace. And are are you
2: planning to raise more capital this year?
0: Uh, This year, uh, frankly, the the, the, what we've heard back is get to ten. Get to 10.
2: Get to 10. you guys, do you have enough runway? Are you guys profitable over Absolutely.
0: Today? We were cash flow positive in 2018. So um I will say we've got an extremely awesome CFO and CEO who've uh, um been very diligent in ensuring that we aren't adding more people and cost without the ability to demonstrate. Did
2: you spend the 20 million from 2015 between 2015 and 2018, or is some that 20 million still sitting in the bank?
0: It's still sitting in the bank. It's still sitting in the bank. Yeah, so we really absolutely.
2: invest. So, so you were flat at seven million over the past twelve months. Fair two oil crises that are like once in a hundred years sort of deal. What, yeah. what did you guys finish twenty nineteen at in terms of run right? Do you remember? Uh,
0: 2019, um, seven. So we've been flat and 20 three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we We went from zero to three point five, three point five to five, five to seven, and flat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the hard story to tell, right? Is like flat for three years. How do you get back on like the VC? We're growing super fast, sort of story, so you don't have to go raise at a down round,
0: basically. Um, part of it is demonstrating our pipeline, which has been tremendous. Um, uh, uh, the hustle has been real, <laughs> and the pipeline. And the pipeline has been real, right? So when we did the turn in the marketplace on going with the new product we ourselves were astounded when we saw that the free option before we even hit into 2021 or even launched the product, we had two dozen real solid companies saying, if you, once you launch it fully and you get a couple of uh, uh, folks saying, yes, we're in put mm-hmm. us in the trial. So now what we have is a backlog of folks wanting to do the trial. And so when you see a real pipeline like that, backed by, uh VP levels, controller levels, operation supervisors, and it's real. We're able to take up the marketplace and say, hey, we've got real traction. This is we're, we're this certainly
2: we're certainly rooting for you. It's quite a journey. Thank so, I mean, you. We're
0: out of time
2: here. Let's not up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book.
0: Okay. Favorite, don't have one, but I am in the middle of reading Mastery by Robert Green. One of my biggest challenges now is just how to take all the mastery that Shiva and I have gathered and pull that into the rest of the team, right? Number two
2: the Sarah CEO you're following or studying.
0: Uh, I've been following Sarah Blakely for a while, um, fundamentally because of the nature of how she bootstrapped and uh moved her organization. I'm inspired by her.
2: Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building seven lengths and join? Um
0: at the moment, because of the level of collaboration we need Slack, it's yeah. been a life and game changer for us. Yeah.
2: Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night?
0: I I function super on six. Anything less, I'm dead.
2: I love that. All right. And what's the
0: situation? Married, single kids? Partnered. (laughs) Partnered? any kiddos? I said no kiddos. No kiddos yet.
2: No kids. Okay. And can I ask how old you are?
0: Yeah, 44.
2: 44. Last question. What's something you wish you knew, Samia, when you were 20?
0: Experiment so much more, 20-year-old Samia. Forget about success. Just experiment.
2: Guys, there you have it. Join.ai, modernizing oil fields. They've got 30 customers paying on average about $300,000 or $400,000 per year. They broke a $7 million run rate back in 2018. They've been flat since then. They're hoping to get back on a growth trajectory. Before this, they launched all doing over $100 million in services revenue into the oil field industry. So they certainly are in the niche. They certainly know what they're doing. The question is, can they break $10 million in ARR this year? So, Emia, thanks for taking us to the top.
0: Thank you.